I'm Jackie from Cape Town in South Africa. Andre from Brisbane. I'm Ben Weiner from Botswana. Jim Panton from Edinburgh in Scotland. I'm Lisa Bregnell from Christchurch, New Zealand. Nick Kedinji from Nairobi, Kenya. I'm Viggy from Tel Aviv in Israel. I'm Andy from Vancouver, Canada. This is Harish from Bangalore in India. I'm Brigitte Seiberstein from Frucht, the Netherlands. I'm Dougie Nisbet from Durham in the UK. And you're listening to Run with Coach Parry. Welcome back to yet another edition of Run with Coach Parry. I'm Brad Brown, and it's awesome to have you with us once again. Thank you so much for downloading and listening uh, to this podcast. You have no idea how much uh, myself and Lindsay and the rest of our team really appreciate it. Uh, we know you're busy, and uh, your time is valuable, and for you to spend a little bit of time with us each week uh, is amazing. So we never take it for granted, and we really do appreciate you massively. Coming up on today's show, uh, our guest, it's uh, another one of those fly-on-the-wall coaching calls, but our guest has got... Uh, a pretty cool life, I think. It probably sounds a lot more glamorous to us than it does to, to him. But imagine living on a yacht. And, and I'm talking like luxury yachts. Imagine living on a yacht, sailing around the world, getting to see different places. Uh, it sounds amazing. Uh, but I'm guessing it's hard work. And it also comes with its downside. If you are a runner, uh, spending many, many days at sea, not being able to train, uh, except maybe on a treadmill or, or indoors on the yacht itself. Mind you, it does sound terrible, doesn't it? Uh, anyway, uh, we're talking about our guest, uh, Sean Simpson, who's uh, got some big goals for this year. He's uh, training for comrades, uh, and he's uh, pretty ambitious as well. He's a great runner, and we'll find out more about what uh, his goals are and what his plans are. But uh, yeah, we put a pretty solid plan together for Sean. Uh, with the coach on today's podcast. That's all coming up. Also, uh, a big thank you to Biogen for sponsoring this edition of Run, and we're giving you another chance to win uh, an all-access pass to the Coach Parry Training Club for three months. Uh, it's worth uh, 750 bucks, and it could be yours. All you need to do is tell us what you're training for. Okay, Use the hashtag Biogen Journey as well as uh, hashtag Coach Parry on the socials. And we could select you as a winner, uh, and you could be training with us uh, for the next three months, and uh, we could be helping you achieve your goals. So uh, the hashtag to use is hashtag Journey. Also add the hashtag Coach Parry onto that as well, uh, and we'll pick it up. And uh, yeah, we could be announcing you as a winner. Our next winner will be announced later on in today's podcast as well. And it was a great weekend of running across the country this past weekend. Uh, got some great results. And uh, yeah, we've got a couple of success stories to share that popped up in the forum on Monday morning. Uh, and I'll tell you all about those on the other side of our chat with Sean Simpson. Lindsay, how's it? Welcome back. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Nice to touch base once again. And we've got our next uh, guest on the podcast as well. Uh, he's one of the members of uh, the Coach Perry online community and training platform, Sean Simpson. Sean, welcome on to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Brad. Yeah. Uh, going, Lindsay? How's it? Good, good. Sean, we, I, I, I'm, I'm going to dig into what you're up to sort of training-wise and, and what you need help with in a second. But man alive, you are living the life, mate. I, I know it sounds probably a lot more glamorous than what it is. It's, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. But as we speak now, you're based in, in Italy. Uh, and for the last number of years, you've been, you've been working on super yachts and traveling the world. Yeah, it's been a long seven years of, of traveling around the world. Um, actually, at the moment, I'm just back home for, for a couple of weeks for my annual leave, um, but I'm going to be heading back in the next, uh, the next week back to Italy and Peria. Um, so, yeah, I've kind of been based uh, all around the world for the last seven years. It's taken me to Australia, been in the States, I've been in the Maldives, um, based in Turkey, 
So yeah, but uh, nothing really settled, but all over the place, which has been a good way to run different races around the world. Yeah, I, I guess, I mean, it comes with different challenges, and that's what we'll talk about now. One of them being you're all over the show, and a lot of times you're on sea, so it's just not practical to run. But you've been able to have some amazing experiences. You've run, you've run some incredible races around the world. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, uh, once, I, once I started running marathons, I actually set a goal to try and run the six majors. Um, which every year gets harder and harder. You know, you, you've got to kind of plan your, your year way ahead in advance to, to actually get into these races. You know, I'm, I'm entering races the other day. I entered for New York, and, um, you know, that's already a year out. Um, it's, I've done Boston Marathon, which was a really great experience, you know, for, for the guys in the States. Boston Marathon is like the, I mean, it's like the comrades for us. Um, I did Chicago was the last race I did. Um, you know, I've done, done a few in, in uh, Germany, Munich, uh, Frankfurt, and uh, in Spain, Seville. So it's been great. It's been really good. And as far as the, the challenge of, of being on a boat and, and having to train for these sort of races, it's not like you're running a 5K or 10K and you can wing it. Uh, you, you've obviously got a bit of ability and you need to put some work in. How do you, how do you juggle the being at sea for, for, for prolonged-ish periods of time and, uh, and having to train? I, I know you, you mentioned in a bit of background, you, I think it was Boston, that you spent 45 days at sea in, in the build-up and you did most of your training. It was just cross-training. Yeah, see, it's, um, luckily I've, I've, I've had a few captains that are, that have uh, been quite lenient towards my, my, my training. Um, but yeah, it's very different. You know, a lot of the time I'm, I'm relying a lot on, on cross training if I'm at sea. Um, so a lot of that is, is old muscle memory. You know, just I'm re- really hard to, to try to get on a treadmill and actually run. But um, I've been lucky enough to actually been based uh, ashore for a few, few times where I've actually been able to do like a full five, six month period of training. Um, and of those, you, you kind of get better. You can see the better results. But it is very different. Um, you know, the, the cross, this cross training side of things does get a little bit boring. It gets really hard, but you kind of got to, got to trust your, <laughs> trust your ability. Um, there are some times where it does hurt during races, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a great experience just, just doing this and being able to actually have a bit of a structure and running around the world. I'm, I'm going to just bring Lindsay in here for for a question that I want to ask Lindsay. I think, I think this is a, a prime example of someone who's, who's maybe not, running non-stop 12 months a year uh, and is forced to almost take some some breaks and and i feel for most people it, that's probably the way to do it and we don't do it because we are able to run 12 months is, is it better to do it slightly more this way than running non-stop 12 months a year look from a performance point of view running all year round makes absolute sense um and and often when i'm working with people those are some of the bigger improvements that I see is when you get consistency year on year. So you do want to have some breaks. I mean, we all need, we need a, a holiday from work. We do need a holiday from running, but typically those are 14 to 21 days at most. Um, and I think in Sean's case, although it's, it's not ideal that he can't get that, that year round consistency. I think the one place where he still does have a bit of an advantage is that He's always active. I mean, if you if you you're crewing on a on a yacht, I mean, you've you've got to work bloody hard um, all the time. And he's getting some opportunities to do some cross training. Which actually, one of my questions was, I was interested, what what is that cross training? Do you try and uh, keep up by swimming next to the boat, or <laughs> you know, do you, do you uh, use well, the word super super yachts? So, um, you know, is there a bike on there? Or I mean, I just I was more interested in what it is, but. I think the most important thing here is that 
you probably don't come off quite the same base as someone else who did nothing for 45 days. Um, and even if you weren't able to cross train, I suspect there's a lot of pulling, lifting, shifting, um, controlling sales. Uh, you know, the, you, you're pretty active a lot of the day, I'd imagine, when you're out at sea. Yeah, um, as I say, these these boats are quite big. So a lot of them that I worked on have all had gyms on board with uh, with treadmills, um, ellipticals, bicycles, and rowing machines at times, and and free weights. Um, so that's you know that that is a good way to do it. It's a bit hard to run when you when you're underway on a treadmill, but if you use a um, you know a rowing machine, it's very good for, for the heart rate. Um, and ellipticals also you know very good. And bicycle is probably the best way to go just to get your legs ticking over. As yeah. long as you've got the platform, I felt you can still keep it up, but it's, it's, it's a bit tough. You yeah. still need to, you still need to put time on the road. And, and I'm, I'm lucky that way. I'm not always at sea. Um, you know, I do spend a lot of time uh, on the docks where, where I can just, you know, just do a normal, normal training program. Um, but it is just a, it's a bit all over the place. I mean, that's, as you can see through, through my training over the years, it's, it's never been anything consistent, which, yeah. Is, is the main reason why I've actually joined up with you guys because I've, I've never really had a proper program to work towards um, and, and, you know, hit the numbers, which is something that I really would love to do now. And I know that there's a, there's a massive advantage to that. Um, and hopefully, you know, just, just take it from there and avoid the injuries and then that kind of, that, that side of things. Yeah, and that, that, Sean, that, that leads us really nicely into, into your first question that you wanted to ask, Lindsay. You, you were talking about you come from that old school sort of style of just slapping on the shoes and, and heading out and, and having no real plan, and you've now got the structured plan, and, and what's the best way to, to approach it? Have I, have I sort of summed that up correctly, or is there anything you want to add into that? Yeah. No, that's, that's 100% true. I mean, I've just I've kind of come from a background where you, you just, you know, you put the shoes on, you go for a run, and you just, you just take the miles over, and as long as you're hitting your your numbers before you get to your race, like comrades, uh, you know, a thousand kilometers um, from, from January, those kind of numbers, you know, as long as you're hitting those numbers, you, you could, but it's not true. I mean, I, I know it, it, it has affected me injury wise. I've had a, a fair few injuries over the years. Um, and I know it's from, from not training to a proper structure. Um, but yeah, that is, that is true. It's just an old school kind of slap the shoes on, go for a run, hit the numbers and then, uh, and do your races have a beer afterwards. <laughs> Lindsay, is it a mindset thing that you just need to trust the process? How, how do you, uh, someone like Sean, who's coming in from that sort of, he's run that way his whole life and now all of a sudden he's on a, a much more structured plan and program? Yeah, look, absolutely. Uh, I think one of the, the, the biggest sort of advantages that a structured program gives you is it automatically forces um, some periods of work and some periods of recovery uh, in a, in a weekly cycle as well as on a monthly or, or bi-monthly cycle. Whereas before when you're just running kind of on feel and um, as hard as you can go almost, you almost feel like in that scenario, you always feel like every time you run, you've got to get the most out of your run. So you want to sweat a lot. You want your heart rate to be up. Uh, and that does tend to lead you down a path where, where injury and illness is, is, um, just around the corner. So the structure itself provides a much better way for your body to get the amount of work that it needs, but importantly then the amount of recovery that it needs so that that work that you're doing can be absorbed properly and you can just keep improving. That's why I always tell people that usually your your first improvement when you move on to a structured program, that's normally your biggest improvement. And then from there, 
the margins do get a little tighter and the, and the improvements get a bit slower. But yeah, you've got to get on that structure, trust that it's the right thing for you, listen to your body a little bit, um, jump into the foreman's and ask questions when you need to, but, but by and large, the consistency is also much better generally when you are following a program because you're just ticking the things off as you go along. And the combination of all of those things almost always leads to an improvement in performance. Cool. Sean, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, 100%. Um, you know, it's something that I, I know, uh, getting into your forums and all that stuff, but it's just it's just been a little bit tricky for me over the years, but I, I know that, that if, I, if I, you know, stick to the programs and stuff like that, you, it's a bit of, it's a no-brainer. It's, there's no other way to do it, really. Yeah, Sean, just to add on to that as well, and Lindsay, I, I don't know if you want to jump in here too, but we, we see it quite often. Someone who's who's run for a prolonged period of time and, and like you say, hasn't followed a, a, a really proper structured program, but they know their numbers. Like, you know, you need to be doing these sorts of miles if you want to run a marathon or you need to be doing this if you want to run comrades to then get onto a program where sometimes it doesn't really align with those numbers. Sometimes it might be slightly less and you almost then start questioning yourself Lindsay, how important is it to to just trust the process like you you're buying into this philosophy uh you joining a platform like ours or you following someone else's program uh, how how important is it to to sell out and just trust the process and, and follow the steps look we've, we've actually had this discussion a few times over the over the years brad and although the consequences may not be um as important uh it's much like going to see a doctor you know if you have lost faith in the doctor or don't want to hear the advice of the doctor it's really time to find a new doctor because you're not going to get healthy if you don't um a do what the doctor's asking of you or, or, or secondly just don't believe that it's going to work so you really do need to and and again the most common mistake is that people run too hard um, and so, therefore, that is the most common um, observation we always get is, you know, I need to, do I really need to slow down this much? And the answer is yes. If you really want to improve, then yes, you've got to, you, you have to. Sean, you had a couple other questions for, for Lindsay as well. I'm going to throw the ball into your court and, uh, yeah, we've got, got some time. Let's, let's smash them out. Yeah, sure. Um, just one that I want to ask Lindsay. Going, so I ran comrades uh, last year, and comrades downrange, which was my first, my first comrades. Um, any advice for myself and guards that are coming back, you know, to do the back to back, whether or, or just coming back to do the, to do the up run? Um, what, in terms of the difference between the down and the up, what, what's your biggest advice you could give for someone coming back to do the up, who's kind of got a fresh in the memory from the down run? So, look, they are. They are similar in, in certain small ways um, in that the first third of both the up and the down are the hardest in terms of profile. But they are very different in terms of the type of damage that gets done um, in that second third in particular. So on, on, the, on the up run, it's pretty hard. There's lots of climbing. And from Fields Hill to Hillcrest is extremely hard on the body in terms of it 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 like it's it's more of a slow poison in that you're just losing energy losing strength legs and quads get tighter and tighter um, and so that's the difficult part of doing the the race um 
Whereas on the down run, that same stretch of road is where your quads get hammered, 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 so that when you get to Pine Town, if you haven't looked after your quads, then you know your legs are sore and jelly and, and, they, and they're very hard to use. So you need to be extremely conservative in, in both of them. Um, you will experience far less pain in the uprun. And if you can manage those hills and do quite a lot of run walking on those hills and not be too panicky about the time that you go through 60Ks in because after halfway, you've still got a rather nasty climb. But if you can get over in Changa, get yourself to, to 60Ks, then for the next 20 plus kilometers on the up run is really the nicest running. Like you've got these long, gradual downs that you want to take advantage of. Um, so you need the same mindset in terms of I'm going to hold back for as long as, as, as possible, but you're not going to experience the same like really sore, deep pain in the muscles that you do on the, on the down run unless you completely traumatize them going Upfields Hill, and that's really the for, for me on the uprun. That's the most dangerous part right there because if you do that way too hard, and then go up both this hill, and you've now completely fatigued your legs. That long drop into halfway, the troubles already start there on the uprun, and and so yeah, I think that's the the, the best advice I, I I can give you is to. Hold back, but understand it's a different kind of holding back to the to the the down run, um, and on the on the hills that really hurt, just do lots of walking. I mean, I'd almost like run three minutes, walk a minute, run three minutes, walk a minute, and really just protect your legs all the way up. Yeah. Well, Sean, you were also asking about the last thirty k's. Uh, how how do you get your your head around and prepare yourself physically to to run okay in those last 30Ks. And I think that follows on from what Lindsay's saying is it's the last 30Ks in the uprun once you get to the top of Inchanga that if you're still feeling good, you can make up make up a ton of time. Yeah, I mean, I, that is exactly what I'm saying. Having said that, I still feel with comrades in particular, you've got to almost shore yourself up mentally to know that it is going to be hard. I am going to be struggling a little bit, um, but I'm going to, reward myself in the following way so then i come up with with strategies where i'm going to say after 10 kilometers i'm going to do i'm going to reward myself with a one minute walk or i'm going to reward myself with a particular product maybe somebody's waiting there for you on the side of the road or it's a cream soda um but you kind of tell yourself in those last 30 k's right i'm going to break this down into to five or eight or 10k chunks and at the end of each of those chunks, I'm going to get a walk and, and whatever the reward is that you've uh, got for yourself. Cool. Sean, next question. Uh, this is just an altitude uh, question just for training. So when I go back to Italy, you know, I've got the opportunity to, to kind of go in the mountains, but it's only for the weekends. Uh, Lindsay, with regards to training at altitude, I know – it's preferred to do it at long, long periods of time to actually reap the rewards. But if you do have those short, you know, short little times where you can go train in the mountains altitude, um, what would you say is the best, you know, best way to go about it to, to actually get the most out of your, your, your slight little bit of training you can do? Is it high intensity or is it your long run? 
So your body will definitely respond to whatever stimulus it gets. So even if it's only two or three days at a time, there will obviously be an a response from your body and, and it's going to produce more red blood cells and, and so on. Um, so it, it will always be worth it. However, the intensity will be important and the lower the intensity that you run at, so I, I think you'd get much more benefit out of doing long, slow stuff and very hard it'll be very difficult to do the short, hard stuff. You just, you won't be able to breathe. You can't get up to the intensity that you you need to get to, but the low heart rate, low um, aerobic type of, of work, that, that that is what we would do when you went up to altitude to adapt because it is, is uh, much better. Um, so that's exactly the way that I would do it with the short-term um, stimulation. Cool. Sean, from an altitude perspective, how high would, would that be if, if you were training in, in Italy? Uh, probably 2,000 plus. Okay. Yeah, yeah brilliant. That's yeah, awesome. Look, if, you're spending, if you're spending most of your time down at, at sea level and then going up to 2,000, you'd, you'd, you'd find it actually almost impossible to do a high-intensity session um, <laughs> with any effectiveness. So, yeah, that, that would definitely be uh, long, long and slow. Cool. Yeah. Next question. Um, it's just in regards to a bit of trail running. There's, yeah, I think you've touched on it in one of your um, podcasts before. But to throw it into the program to mix it up, um, are you, you, you're a big fan of that. You know, it's just being able to kind of, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're going through your program, chuck in a bit of trail running. Um, I know you, you don't really hit the same kind of numbers at times, um, but just to, to put it in there to mix it up, what is your thoughts on that? Look, I've always enjoyed trail running, and I think it's a great – um, variety of, of, of training. It does make you strong, even though the, the, the going might be a little tougher and slower. Those very hard climbs, which are, are quite often associated with trail running, as well as the, the, the downs, they definitely bring a real positive um, influence to the mix. And I find that uh, the other thing that, 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 that it um, does is it it obviously has a risk of acute injury, falling, you know, that, that sort of thing. But in terms of the chronic type of injuries, it reduces that risk because the, the, the surfaces are slightly uneven, the footfalls are slightly different, so it doesn't have the same monotony that you get from landing in the same way over and over and over again that you do on the tar. So it's, it's also quite good in terms of injury prevention, if you like, Obviously, you've got to be a little bit careful and accept that there is risk in tearing down a mountain that something could go wrong. Lindsay, your, your program is obviously time-based. So if you're adding a, a trail session in, would you do it the same time-wise? I know you, you, you mentioned like some of them are, are quite a bit harder. Distance is difficult because it could take you a lot longer on trails. But if you're doing it by time, do you just if, if you want to do a trail run, it's the same amount of time on that session? If you if you're running on trail a lot, so you have, you're going to get out there regularly running a trail once or twice a week, then I would probably adjust the, the time slightly, and and obviously I've adjusted up so that I'm still getting um, the kilometers. I mean, I, I know the focus isn't so much on kilometers, but we do want to make sure we don't short ourselves. Um, but if it's going to be you know, once every two or three weeks, I just run the time that's on the program, uh, and you, you're really not going to miss out on on much by doing that. Cool, Sean. Another question. 
Um, I think I'm actually running out. Um, you sorted. Uh, cool. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Sean, what's the, what's the goal for Comrades 2019? Um, so I'm coming off a 828 uh, down um, goal, to, just to be honest, is to try and have a injury-free training. If I can do that, um, you know, I'd like to, to run another good, solid bull run. Um, the goals, I would love to run a silver one day. Um, but it's just being able to to set the time aside and actually stick to stick to the program and run it. That's where, you know, that's that silver is. You know, I've got so much respect for those guys that run that time. Who are working a full time job and still, you know, still running a silver is is a lot of a lot of commitment. Um, I would love to do it, but I just don't think I've got the the actual structure in my in my training yet to to get to get to get to that. Um, but yeah, a good a good bull run will be. I'll be very happy with that again, and then. And then injury-free training. And this is number this is number two, right? This will be number two. Yeah, I'll yeah. be back to back. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what they say, comrades runners can't count. Two's halfway to ten. So once you've done that second one, we've sucked you in good and proper. <laughs> I don't know. Well, my dad's done fourteen, so you can see where I get it. <laughs> I love it, Lindsay. Just touching on that, I mean, what 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 does it take for someone who's run an eight twenty eight comrades on debut? I mean, Sean's obviously a, a great runner, and there's definitely potential there. But what what would it take to take an hour off that time to to run a silver? Look, probably consistency. I mean, that that really is it. Um, I, I I suspect, depending on how the time works out now um, on the boats, you know, just being a little bit more consistent um, and and being on a good structure, I suspect there's a good chance that he will improve to quite close to eight hours. And from there, it really does it boils down to being able to create enough time. I mean, the one thing about a silver, and there's some hell of a good runners that never get down to it because it it really does take a good 10 to 12 weeks of extreme commitment um that you know being on a on a on a boat even when in the docks i'm, I'm not sure that 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 would be possible but you know the other side of the coin is that there's plenty of time you know you <laughs> you can run a silver in in eight nine even ten years time so for now, it would just be about getting some basic blocks in place, you know, trying to get as, as consistent as you can around the, the work situation and then chipping away until you get under eight hours. And once you're under eight hours, then it becomes about really finding those, those 12 weeks where you can train and be super committed and then really refining race day strategy and nailing it on the day. There you go. Sean, it's been awesome catching up. Uh, we love having you in, in our forum, so, so thank you very much for that. Just a, a quick one, what do, you, what do you enjoy about the platform we've built and, uh, and sort of just the, the access to the programs and to the coaches? Oh, to be honest, it's been great. I mean, I, since I've joined, I've kind of had a little bit of an injury and it came off the back of, of running a marathon, so I haven't been as active as I should be. But just, just from, from my side of things, you know, if I, if I fire anything in the forum, I get a reply within, you know, a couple of, it's within a day I get a reply. You know, it's bang on. Everyone's, you know, very, very helpful. Um, you know, even over the weekends when I'm sending things through, I'm getting replies. Um, it's just a great, great structure that you guys got running. Um, all the, all the podcasts, uh, you know, I was, I was really, really involved in all your podcasts before Comrades last year. And I, and I found it very, it was good motivation. Um, it was very helpful information that you guys are putting across for, especially for people that haven't actually, done comrades before to kind of get an idea before you tow the line um you know that that kind of stuff is, is really really helpful 
Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, just actually trying to, to structure platform um, and then just you know, seeing the results. Sounds amazing. Well, Sean, thank you very much. If you ever need somebody to, to fill in for you on the boat, I'm available. Uh, <laughs> I'll take a few trips, no doubt. But uh, yeah, we look forward to following your progress to, to Comrades 2019 and, uh, and another bull rowan. Fingers crossed uh, if all goes according to plan and uh, yeah, and your, your progress beyond that. Cool, Brad. Thanks very much, Lindsay. Thanks very much for everything. Cool, Sean. Good to chat and hopefully we'll uh, see you Closer to comrades, I'm, I'm assuming you won't be doing too many local races being out out in, out at sea, but uh, hopefully we'll get to meet up closer to the big day. Perfect. Thanks, Lindsay. And that's it. What a great chat uh, with Sean. Absolutely love that. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much to the coach as well. More of that next week here on the podcast, and we head uh, down under for a bit of international flair on next week's podcast so make sure you stay tuned for that uh and i mentioned our biogen journey winner and all you have to do if you'd like to win uh, three months access to the coach parry training club is use the hashtag biogen journey and the hashtag coach parry on the socials and uh, we could pick you up and this post is awesome <laughs> i love it uh it is from uh, Elliot Morate. Uh, Moratehi, there we go, Elliot Moratehi, apologies uh, for butchering that name, but uh, Elliot popped us a message on Instagram saying he's training for the Cape Peninsula Marathon, uh, the two oceans and comrades, and he's going for silver this year, and uh, it's a picture of him running, he is an absolute racing snake, 5Ks in 1836, Elliot you're a machine and we're looking forward to having you within the Coach Barry Training Club, Uh, I'll be in contact via email. And let's get you on there as soon as possible and get you uh, in touch with the coach so that you can, uh, yeah, so we can ensure that you get your silver uh, at Comrades this year. Talking of uh, some great results, I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, this past weekend was another great weekend of running. Uh, lots of marathons happening all over the show. And, uh, yeah, we had a couple of amazing, amazing posts in the uh, in the uh, success forum and uh, one coming in from uh, one of our members Mark Fontpin who's been on the podcast before he says I've ne- I'm never going to doubt you again coach the race went perfectly my legs fell fresh for the last eight k's uh, where I've in the past struggled with energy and negative thoughts even better I managed negative splits hit my target time this afternoon I don't feel too stiff or tired uh, and think I could get back to training in around three days. And that's after a marathon, Mark. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Uh, we got one from Komotso Selabojo as well. Uh, Komotso saying, I would like to thank you all today. I had a PB of 4.27 before I started using the Coach Perry training platform. Uh, I got onto the Sub 4 training program, and today I ran a 3.50 at the Pick and Pay Jeppy Marathon. Uh, big up, guys. It feels so amazing to be part of the Sub 4 running club. Uh, I mean, that's a massive. That's not just going under Sub 4. 3.50 is amazing. Homozo, uh, we're proud of you. Well done. Uh, and then there was another one in there as well. Uh, from Luzanne Lata saying, uh, I followed your advice on pacing and your sub four program to the T, and I came in in 3.54.02. I shaved 14 minutes off my last uh, PB for a qualifier, and that happened in November last year, and that's since joining the Coach Perry training platform. So thank you, Luzanne. Luzanne, you are a rock star. Well done. Congratulations to you. And then one final one saying, uh, Hi, Coach. This is from Papama Gladile. Uh, Papama saying, This past weekend I did my first 2019 ultra marathon. It was the 50 kilometer Bay Ultra. 
at the 42 kilometer mark i went through in 317 finishing time of 357 improving my 2018 finishing time of 444 so there we go 45 minutes actually 48 minutes now off that time on a 50k the results speak for themselves. If you want to find out more about the Coach Perry Online Training Club, uh, make sure you go check it out. So coachperry.com forward slash join is where you can get all the details. Uh, you don't want to miss out, okay? We'd love to help you achieve your goals, and that's just uh, from this weekend. We've got so many more of those stories, and we'll be sharing more of them uh, here on the podcast as well. So uh, until next time, from myself, Brad, and the rest of the team, take care and happy running. <laughs>